Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. Wait, who? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Corwin McChad. <laughs> That's his name, right? Oh, um, yeah. Well, this is the Lantern cast. Episode 68. You're only on 68? Jesus. Listen. <laughs> I got no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are you doing here? Yeah, I, well, I heard I heard your drunk rambling last time, so I figured I should come clean up this place. <laughs> that was that was that was actually funnier than I thought it was gonna be. Well, you know, af- afterwards I thought about it and I said, you know what, this has got to be an episode that Dan will really like because like you've always been about how you want an honest reaction. And there is, like, there's never been an episode where I've given that honest of a reaction, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, when I found out you did the whole thing drunk, I was a little turned off to it, because I I don't like drinking or being around drunk people. But, you know, this was, this was all right. This this was more funny than anything. Yes. Don't do drugs, kids. Stay in school. And... (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, uh, I guess, like, kind of an after, the after effects of that was horrendous. I'll never drink that much again, ever in, like, for as long as I live, I'll never do that again. Yeah, do you go to work? (sighs) (laughs) No comments. God. You won't won't say you skipped out of work for a day, but you'll go on, like, a two-hour drunken tirade about the Justice League. (laughs) Oh, God. I, I was so sick, like, it was just ridiculous. Do you remember what you said, or we, like, could you listen to the episode now and be like, what the hell? When did that happen? You know, I don't really remember it, except, like, when I was listening to it, it's like, oh, yeah, now I vaguely remember saying those things. Uh, my favorite, I laughed a bunch of times, and my favorite, <laughs> we'll get off this in a second, but my favorite was, like, towards the end, where you just went, start going off on Mr. Terrific, calling him a douchebag, <laughs> and it's like, third smartest person, what does that even mean? Jerk. <laughs> like, I, oh, God. Uh, uh, in, in the thread, uh, James, our producer, was he, he was like, yeah, some of the, the funnier bits were I referred to the, da- the Daily Bugle as the July Bugle or something. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how you got July out of... <laughs> Yeah, I I have no idea, but um, <laughs> that was good, and like the whole thing about James Robin Robinson being a poison in Kyle Rayner's <laughs> mind. <Yeah. laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, so so this is episode sixty eight. Yes. Yeah, that's right. All right, so where the hell have I been, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that. Yeah. Oh, just. The whole the whole deal is like I I work in retail and it's a shore store so we're right by the beach. So when summer comes, we get super busy and our hours extend. So I spent five days a week for the entire summer working until midnight. And my days off were kind of fluid, so there were diff- two different days every week. So scheduling with Jim was just not happening. So we, we I told him like, look, just grab Jason or somebody and just power on without me. Just go on with it. And I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it when I can. And then I like, after, after a, like a couple weeks, that started to really hit me how much time podcasting eats up. 
I'm like, holy, cause just because I'm not doing it anymore. I'm like, holy shit, what? Wow. So, and I can't remember how much I've gone into this on the show before, but I graduated art school. It's been about four years, and I really haven't, you know, paying paying bills takes precedent over stuff, you know. So, I decided, you know, I have extra time now. Let me see if I can get back into making comics. It's like that's what my passion was, and all this. And at the same time that I realized how much time podcasting takes up, I start. I was reminded about how much time cartooning takes up too. So I'm like, all right, I. I don't think I can really do both of these on any kind of full-time basis at the same time. So after, after much, much thinking and deliberation and talking with Jim, I've, I decided, you know, I'm going to have to not completely walk away. Cause I, there's still, as I understand it, an open invitation to come back whenever, which is cool, but um, I'm not going to be a, a regular participant on the show anymore at least not for the foreseeable future because i'm kind of in a rut right now and i'm i gotta put put my time and energy towards kind of pulling myself out of that so you know if you've been wondering where i've been that's where i've been and that's why i've been uh yeah that's that's where that is (laughs) now since i guess some some people are wondering it's like well how come you didn't like come out with this announcement sooner and like that's that's basically completely on me because my goal was to try and find somebody that could be like a suitable you know a, a, like a basically like a complete replacement for Dan you know because Dan has a tremendous amount of Green Lantern knowledge and I figured okay well for the dynamic of the show for the dynamic of the show to continue on like the way that it's been going, you need somebody, you know, else with that kind of knowledge. And, you know, I mean, as much as awesome as Jason is, as Corwin is, as Chad is like, they're all fantastic guys to podcast with. They don't have the background that Dan or I have. So like, I was kind of like putting off making the announcement so that maybe we could find somebody and like it just isn't happening <laughs> so send your submission tapes too no yeah if anybody out there thinks like hey you know what like i know a lot about green lantern like right now i think what would serve the podcast best is not to look for a complete replacement of dan cuz we're not going to replace dan and that's like replacing Lincoln, which I guess they did, but you know, it wasn't Lincoln. <laughs> it's basically re- like replacing McCartney or Lennon in the Beatles. You know, it's just, you know, it's just the three remaining Beatles and you know, some other guy. Yeah, there's only two. Are they the good Beatles? <laughs> I don't. I don't know music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All so right. yeah, like so for the foreseeable future, it's gonna be rotating you know list of uh guest hosts you know co-hosts here and there but yeah if anybody out there has a lot of green lantern knowledge and you want to help us out and come on the podcast and you know talk green lantern then you are more than welcome to come join us yeah i'm still gonna be like i'll be on the show every now and then and i'll still like i'm still gonna participate in the community and everything the forum kicks ass and all that and uh, uh, should we should we tell them now about what I want to do for the website? Oh, um, no, no, we'll we'll tease that and uh, we'll, we'll let them see when it comes about. 
all right all right yeah let's yeah, yeah. Well, all right there we go but, uh, yeah yeah so don't look at this as it's like oh man dan's gone i'm not listening to this podcast ever again because dan will he's not gone he's just not the regular presence that he was <laughs> in the beginning you're like he's not gone he's just not here anymore <laughs> <laughs> He's not gone forever. He just won't ever be coming back. And then Jim just starts drinking. Yeah. <laughs> the Jim Drinks Podcast. God. So now that we address that, yeah. what are we talking about tonight? We are ta- we're going to talk about the good Green Lantern book, Emerald Warriors, number one and two. Oh, man. And it's so horrible because you say that and I can't really disagree with you. I know, right? I mean, uh, I, I mean, I said this on the forum too. Like, like the Jeff Johns written Green Lantern book right now is like it's it's not a bad book. It's just not doing most things that I'm interested in seeing it do. Like, like I want I want some just small, just isolated stories that are good because they're good, you know, not because they tie into anything or are building towards anything or hinting at anything. And like every issue, I. I actually don't know if you've covered it yet, but did you talk about the the Star Sapphire-centric issue yet? The most recent issue of Green Lantern? Yeah, yeah, the one where with like where she's on the cover chained up. Oh yeah, not yet. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and that that one I'll say right now I like that one a lot, but with the exception of that issue, every issue has been kind of like, well, I like seeing Atrocis and Larfleas interact with stuff and there's always at least one really good piece of art in every issue but it's just kind of yeah it's kind of it's kind of there for me it's okay yeah and green lantern core is just having a hard time finding its legs <laughs> i mean I, I i cannot remember for the life of me the new new artist that's coming on but like they went from from a uh, gleason to uh ardian Syaf to this new guy within five issues and it's like that they all look completely different this is happening while there's they're trying to establish a new main cast they're trying with a a new main writer and it's like this is just a terrible time and it has to be a jumping on point for everybody so it's like <laughs> like once once they get out of like like another like story arc or two down the road it'll probably be like level off and be fine again but green lantern core right now is kind of a kind of a bumpy ride yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess uh, probably best to start off with, uh, you know, the discussion of the comic itself. So, number one, you want to give us a synopsis? Ah, uh, yes, number one. Emerald Warriors, number one, written by Peter J. Tomasi of Green Lantern Corps fame, the, when it wasn't like it is now, and art by Fernando Passarin, who did the good parts of the uh, Blackest Night Outsiders. <laughs> Before they ran out of ending and had to send it over to Japan to <laughs> pop something out at the last five seconds. <laughs> Who is driving car? Bear is driving car. How can this be? <laughs> God. All right. So uh, it starts off with Guy Gardner on Ola. He's kind of... He's down on something. We don't know exactly what. Uh, he's at, He looks like he's recording, like, I'll, I'll say, like, a last will, just because that's what the, t- the title of this issue is. 
he gets called away because there's some weird alien thieves slash kidnappers who are transporting like like abducted scientists and this highly like dangerous for some reason like weapons grade space element thing or whatever and they're gonna they're basically it's an arms trade kind of deal so guy garner shows up beats the crap out of a spaceship in about 10 seconds flat and then he's oh god i haven't done this in a while <laughs> <laughs> so guy takes care of these of these smuggler dudes and then he realizes you know what i've been putting off what i have to do for long enough let me just 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 like a band-aid right off so he goes to see the guardians and he makes his case for going off into the unknown or uncharted sectors like the region of space where the green lantern corps has no jurisdiction and the guardians are like yeah that's a great idea you go do that which is a little surprising because they're usually not agreeable people (laughs) um so guy goes and he reports to ganthet because you know Guy Genthet and Atrocitus made some sort of mystery pact a while ago. I think, like, immediately after Blackest Night, and we still don't know what it was. Yep. Genthet is in the catacombs of Oa, where Scar was holed up with the Book of the Black, which is still hanging around down there with Lisa Drax in there, which, you know, I'm glad they didn't forget about that. I'm, I'm, I like that detail. Uh, you know, they're still being really vague with each other and how they don't trust Atrocitus, but they kind of have to have to work with him. I think Genthite says something to the effect of, you know, we don't have to like him or trust him. We're going to use him like he's going to use us. And then you cut to Atrocitus, who has the coolest hobby ever of collecting the skulls of everyone in his sector and making a giant wall out of them. <laughs> and he's basically taking Bleed. He's a, well, yeah, he's he's explaining to Bleed the Red Lantern, formerly angelic, princess from that uh that oh so memorable tales of the core <laughs> issue during black as night uh he's sending her off to rendezvous with guy gardner in the unknown sector so that you know again it's hard to say what they're going to do because we have no idea what the hell they're trying to do but she's going to help him out uh cut back to guy gardner who's you know he's finished up his recording and so as as he does as he cuts off the recording we start to see his his Red Lantern infection from Blackest Night start to start to assert itself again. You know, the symbols in the eyes and the napalm coming out of the mouth a tiny bit. Not enough to be super concerned, but yeah, yeah, concerned. <laughs> and then for the last two pages, you cut to a part of the Unknown Sectors where this mystery new villain, I'm, I think he's new, I forgot to look him up, yes. is mind-controlling a pair of random alien green lanterns to basically they believe they're delivering prisoners to Salak on Oa, but they're really in the unknown sectors delivering, you know, we'll we'll find out who these people are next issue, but he's, they're bringing him to this bad guy. Yes. And that's issue one. Now, I think like the, the thing that was most intriguing to me was the, the video that guy is recording. Yeah. That's for somebody in particular. Oh, yeah. And I was going to ask who you think it is, because I have three possible candidates. Well, the way I see it, there are there's two viable candidates. And in reality, I only think one of them, he would say certain things that he said. 
So my guess is Kyle Rayner. Is the was the other one Ice? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And then I was thinking, you know what? They've in all the teasers and every all the little scenes that have led up to this, they keep stressing like when all said and done, you go down this path and you're gonna have conflict with Hal Jordan. You can't be friends with Hal anymore. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe he's explaining himself to Hal too, out of like respect or something. You know, like I thought about that for a second, but like really like. He never really cared what Hal Jordan thought of him. Yeah. Like out of anybody, he would care what what Kyle thought. Like you know, Kyle's like his brother now, and you know the the thing that makes me think, oh yeah, it's definitely for Kyle, is he says this was all done for one reason and one reason only to serve the court. Green Guy Gardner, Green Lantern of Sector Two Eight One Four, signing off. It's like to serve the core. You know, like, that wouldn't resonate the same way that it would with Ice. Yeah, and it does make sense considering uh, the the archives scene at the beginning of issue two, where he's like, the faces and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I guess well, that makes sense. Also, <clears throat> you know, uh, Guy had kind of stumbled into the um, underground lair with uh, Ganthet. Yep. And what do we see in the book? It's Guy fighting with Kyle. Is that Kyle? I thought that, that that's Hal. Hal? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Huh. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. I guess with the hair, I thought it was Kyle. Yeah. But... Huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, well. I guess that shoots that theory. I still think it's Kyle, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I still like. I th- honestly, I think I should just go back and reread Tomasi's run on Green Lantern Corps, see if I get a better feel for it. Because I still like, I still don't entirely buy their level of fr- of like brotherly bonded friendship to the point that a lot of people do. And I don't know, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll, I'll it'll resonate with me more the second time through. I mean, like, I think a lot of it is them. At some point, you know, thinking, okay, we have to play up some sort of, you know, brotherly relationship between the two of them, which would set off Guy as a Red Lantern. So Mm. whether or not it was actually there or, you know, forced there later on. Yeah. Did you touch on uh, Sodom Yat falling to uh, Daxum? Oh, yeah, no. Sodom Yat fell to Daxum. Some kids found him. Yeah. I like to think it's the same kids from that story arc, uh, uh, Emerald Eclipse, who were like, we want to be like you when we get grow up or something like that. Remember those kids? No. They were cool. Well, I think it's ironic because it's almost exactly like uh, Sodom Yat when he was a kid. Oh, yeah, and the alien fall. Yeah. Yeah. So Aww. that was a nice little resonating fact. Yeah. Now, the fact that the Guardians just let Guy go on this mission to the unknown sectors. Yeah, that's not going to be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, they must know something's up. Yeah. See, this is something I like. Like, like right now, just the way that the pieces are positioned, you don't quite know. Like, you get the impression that everybody is kind of screwing everybody. Like, because <laughs> we still have absolutely no idea what Ganthet and Guy are doing. But it can't be totally 
good because they have to make an alliance with Atrocitus to do it. And they know for a fact, like, okay, this guy is going to stab us in the back at some point. And Atrocitus has the exact same attitude about them. Mm-hmm. And, like, and the Guardians, like, Ganthet even points out, like, like, yeah, the Guardians are being, like, really, like, kind of overly receptive to the idea of this this random quest. Mm-hmm. And to the idea of, oh, yeah, sure, let's make Ganthet a Green Lantern. Why not? So it's like... It's like what are the what's the Guardians game? What's Ganthet's game? <laughs> Which one do we re- really want to root for? It's it's, it's just ah, uh, it's it's interesting. On uh, the planet Ysmalt, when uh, Atrocitus is piling up his head collection, <laughs> um, on the opposite page of the pile of heads. You see like the landscape of Ysmalt, and there's just like random red lantern symbols all over the landscape mm. what the hell is up with that oh uh, it's he they crucify people on those remember oh that's a lot of people to crucify he has big dreams oh okay okay although be honest if you could if you could decorate your home with a bunch of random green lantern symbols all over the place and you didn't have to like pay money to do it and lauren wouldn't murder you <laughs> you you would totally just do it just to have them around. I, I don't know if it would be that like haphazard as he has them, but uh, I might. They go good with the battery. <laughs> so yeah, so like this uh, this bad guy here is a completely new villain. Cool. Which and I like that fact because they're going to a part of space where they've apparently never gone before. So you know why not? Like, you you're gonna expect them to run into some new people out there. So. Now, you see, that's an interesting point. The whole concept of an unknown sector, what the hell is that? How can there be an unknown sector? And I, it, like I said, is it unknown sector or unknown sectors? Because it, it, they kind of went back and forth. I mean, even if it is the unknown sectors, like, you know, how do you have... Okay. In the Green Lantern Secret Origins of the Green Lantern Sinestro Corps Secret Origins ep- issue, mm. they they have that image of how the sectors are divided, how the universe is divided into sectors. And it's basically like Oa is in the center of a giant square or rectangle or whatever, and you have just like... 3,600 pie slices outwards from the center into infinity. Yeah. So, you know, like, if that's the case, then it should all be accounted for. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes more sense this way, though. Because, like, when you get when you get right down to it, when the, the near-infinite, probably ever-expanding universe is divided up into this many chunks and each chunk is is under is the jurisdiction of like two guys one or two guys there's no way the green lantern corps would be an effective police force at all because they would be spread so incredibly thin they're like they would never be able to get anything of like of real substance done unless like one gigantic threat just showed up and said hey here i am then they could deal with it directly if if what they're gonna say is like, like okay, the universe is divided up, 
like always at the center of the universe and then we we divide it up equally in all directions but the the sectors kind of cut off after a while so there's like like i'm trying to think how to explain this like like the center of the universe like if you have a big a big map of the entire universe you have oa at the center and then you draw a big circle around oa and then chop that up into into pie slices and those are the sectors that are patrolled but you still got this like big donut of a of a universe around those sectors that's not patrolled because they don't have the manpower you know does that make any sense <laughs> yeah yeah no um but if that's the case then there's like an ass load of universe not protected yeah huh. <laughs> interesting it also like it, it almost explains itself too as to why the guardians let these sectors go on patrol because they don't have the the people to dedicate to it but i mean like right there that that kind of d- goes against like the whole concept of like they just pick two people that are worthy from the sector so you're trying to tell me that in these unknown sectors there's nobody that's worthy no maybe they're all jerks <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh yeah, one thing that I did want to talk about. Have you seen the variant cover for the first issue? Is that the one where it's like, it's a guy in Kilowog? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Now, between that and the first issue, like the, the regular cover, like, which which one would you say is better? Yeah, I kind of, at first, like, cause the variant is the first one I ever, I saw for this. Okay. And then I saw the regular cover, and I'm like, oh, I hope I don't get that one. And then, like, after looking at both, at the regular one for a while, I kind of like the regular one. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Guy's face looks weird on the variant. Yeah, exactly. It does look weird. Uh, but on the, you know, the actual, the, like, the original cover, it's cool because it has the, the Red Lantern symbol in Guy's eyes. Yeah. So, that was cool. And as we're about to talk about the second one, the second issue. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I got the variant cover for this one, too. Sending that. While this is loading, did this uh, this new bad guy remind you of Despero at all? Actually, that was something that I was going to bring up. Oh, all right, never mind. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> there goes my big reveal. Nah, nah, just we'll retcon it as being your big reveal later. <laughs> Ooh, I have I had not seen this. Yes. Hmm. Now, given the two covers, like which one would you you know go for given the option? Huh. I'm holding I'm holding my physical copy of number two up to the screen next to the, the <laughs> image of the other cover. Yeah. I kind of like both of them. Yeah. I think I think Blees is on the regular cover, right? Right. Correct. I think the regular cover is more well done. But I like the imagery of the variant better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like like you said, I love both covers. The I got the regular cover, and you know, I mean, like it's beautiful. It's definitely beautifully done. But the variant cover, which is also beautiful, it's it's also you know just a gorgeous image. Like given the the option, I would probably go for the other, like the variant version. Because of the fact that it reflects better on what actually happens. Yeah. Okay. So, so now we got uh, issue two, and let's see what happened here. <laughs> okay. 
You don't even know. This is the issue. You were like, no, no, I want to cover that one. You can't have it. And you don't even know what happens. Yeah, well, out of the two, this is the one that I remember the beats the biggest, the best. Uh, okay, so we start off with uh, Guy Gardner. He's going through the Hall of Service, is it? Um... Oh, the Hall of Lanterns. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So he's, you know, he's looking at the four... The four Earth Lanterns, and, uh, you know, I guess going for, like, um, motivation for what he's about to go do in the unknown sectors. Then we flash over to Aresia, who is, she wakes up out of a sleep, and she's having a conversation with Sodom Yat, which you're wondering, how can this be? Well, <laughs> you're, you're very much wondering, how can this be, when he starts melting, and he's, like, starts going on fire... And then he starts burning Aresia so that she can know how he felt. And then she wakes up and uh, it was all a dream. <laughs> then we click over to somewhere else on Oa. And uh, Kilowog is overseeing construction on Morrow's new... What, what would you say that is? A crypt? New crypt? Ah, yes, yeah, crypt. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Kil Kilowog is watching over this. He gets basically accosted by a new rookie who's, like, totally in awe of him. And while the, the rookie's, like, gushing about how great it's going to be to fight evil, Kilowog just kind of goes off on him saying how, you know, you're either going to die with, you know, your brain splattered all over your fellow rookie, or he's going to die with his brain splattered all over you. He tells him to listen up and pay attention. That should really be in, like, the, the recruitment pamphlet. For the Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> <laughs> brains, uh, warning, brains may get splattered over someone else. Warning, will die violently. <laughs> will die. Uh, put the will in green. All right, yes. go on, go on. <laughs> then we finally get some answers on who that new villain is from the first issue. And it turns out it's a dude named Zardor of Kralok. And like you said, he's got three eyes. He's got some sort of mental powers. He's uh, using his mental powers to control the Green Lanterns, who then go out and get other telepaths, puts them in this giant kind of like uh, lake or something, a big yellow lake with a bunch of other people that have been captured. The most recent members added to this pool are the Council of Syrinx, or Syrinx, and, uh, yeah, so then we have this, this giant dude, Zardor. He kind of, like, vomits up snakes who then crawl onto these, uh, these new, new members and eat their eyes. So, As you do. <laughs> yeah. This way that they, since they can't see with their eyes, they won't have the distractions of being able to see, and they can focus on, you know, only their mind's eye. And uh, this guy's plan is to use all these telepaths to, like, combine their mental powers. Uh, we also find out that he was uh, once a, an ally of the Guardians, and they kind of cast him off. And now he's like a thorn in their side, and, you know, he wants to control the universe. Then we go back to Oa, and uh, Guy Gardner is just about to leave when he gets two uh, two people that want to join up, Kilowog and Aresia. 
They're looking for a change of scenery. They already got permission mm-hmm. to join. They all charge up in a really cool splash page. <laughs> and then they take off. And, uh, you know, Aresia, like a typical woman, she, oh. she has to make a pit stop, you know, five minutes into the trip. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's funny because it's true. Sorry. Your wife could beat you up so bad. <laughs> but before they can go to the place that she wants to go to, which, of course, is Daxum, to check out and see if... Uh, Sodom is there. They have to make a first stop at Odom, as he explains to his co-pilots, his uh, members on his his journey, that he's been puking up the fireblood from being a Red Lantern, and he needs the light of a Blue Lantern to completely purify him. So just as Worth is about to purify him, we end with a cliffhanger of Blees leeching onto the back of Guy Gardner, burning her red fire, telling everybody else to stay away. And I'll say, <laughs> I'll say why it's on the forum. Worth in that panel looks so badass. <laughs> he like, he's like, he's not concerned even a little bit. Like he, he has the look of like, like, like issue three is going to open up first page. He's just going to end this with like one punch and then go about his day. You know, <laughs> he's looking at her like, Bitch, please. <laughs> Speaking of looks, you re- you really liked that that reach that uh charge page? Yeah, you didn't. No, I thought that was like the weakest point of art in these two issues. Everybody's everybody's faces look wrong. Their bodies are weirdly elongated to make room for the energy. <laughs> I like it. I I wasn't analyzing it too much. I guess. <laughs> I wasn't either. I just saw it and my eyes were like, ah, I want to bleed like Guy Gardner's mouth. Not that bad, though. <laughs> something I just something I just saw or just realized I saw. Uh, the page where the telepaths are in. We see the overhead shot of the telepaths in the pool. Yes. Do you see like it's their bodies make the shape of an eye? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's uh, he's missing a few a few bodies apparently. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's cool. It's like this little like neural network connecting them all. Like they're in some sort of like conductive jelly or something. It's really creepy. Yeah, looks like honey, but it's delicious. <laughs> it's brain honey. Mmm. I think uh, there's a Futurama episode about that. <laughs> love the brain honey. Mm. Okay, so now this this bad guy, Zardor of Kralok. I was thinking, it's like, you know, I, I know he looks familiar, and then it hit me. It's like, okay, well, like you said, doesn't he look a lot like Despero? So, like, you know, I, I started doing some checking, and, you know, Despero, like, well, for one thing, he's gone through, like, two different types of head shapes. You know, he's got, like, the, the mohawk fin and, like, the, the fan fin across his head. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, like, conceivably, there could be, like, an incarnation of him that didn't have the fin. But you figure, if this guy used to be an ally to the Guardians, that was probably, like, a really, really long time ago. Before Despero's people evolved to look like we've seen. Exactly. Yes. So, and also, Despero has mental powers as well. And something that I thought was very cool was that Despero... He, his, he gets his powers 
from the flame of Pytar. That sounds right. And there we have this guy who looks similar to Despero, and he's got a flaming sword. Ooh. So, and also, like, his skin tone is... Uh, yeah, he's li- purple. Yeah, he's purple. Despero, I think, is a little more reddish, but... Yeah. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. That's close enough. Yeah. I uh, I did some research, because, like, like I've said in the past, every time that they use, like, an alien name... I start wondering, like, where the hell it came from. Oh, God. What does Zardor mean? <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Oh, well, yeah, actually, that is another thing. Zardor, I have no idea. But uh, the the planet that he comes from, Kralok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he comes from Kralok. Despero's home planet is Kalinor. All right. Oh, they both begin with K. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> I'm like, how are you rearranging these letters to make that word into that other word? I don't see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can't uh, <laughs> I can't really do anything with those. But the the new crypt, Morrow's new crypt. Yeah. It made from rare Graxian marble. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, like, you know, for the most part, I think they just pull these names out of their asses. Oh, yeah. Actually mean anything. But... Uh, there is a character named Grax in the DC Universe. And oh. It's a four-armed alien, a blue alien. It wasn't that dude from when Kyle tried to make a new core, was it? Or am I thinking of somebody? I think no. you're thinking of somebody else. Oh, okay. Who is this guy? Well, this guy, he's been in, like, Super Friends comics and a couple of action comics issues Oh, many years ago. So, I mean, like I said, I think that this is probably just a case of... Uh, you know, somebody pulling a name out of their ass and it sounding similar to something else. But I wanted to check anyway. Yeah. What do you think about the rookie? I felt bad for him. <laughs> I mean, I, the whole thing, the whole thing with Kilowog, like, I hate how we got here, but I'm kind of, now that we're here, I'm kind of okay with it as a motivator for him for the time being, at least. I don't know. I don't, I didn't give too much thought to the rookie himself. Like, I, I, part of me doesn't even really care if we see him again. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I suppose, like, I'm, eventually Kilowog's going to come back to Oa and he's going to retake his old job and everything. So it might be cool to get, like, one throwaway panel or something where this guy, where this kid is in his, his, uh, class or something, you know? Uh, I think it would be even funnier if, like, Kilowog's like, whose brains are these splattered all across <laughs> my wall? God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, the easy thing would be to like, to like kill off the kid and have Kilowog be like, "No, I was, I was so and whatever." But uh, I, I don't think that would have. I don't think killing this specific kid to get a reaction out of Kilowog would be any more impactful than killing any random Green Lantern rookie. So it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'd be fine with not seeing them. I'll be fine with not seeing the kid again. Now, okay, something that I kind of had a, a slight issue with was. The, the very beginning with the holograms of the Earth Lanterns. Yeah. Like, they're really playing up the fact that there have only ever been four Green Lanterns of Earth. Yeah. That's not... That's not correct. Yeah, no. There's... I mean, and we're not, we're not talking about Alan Scott. Right. There's, there's been... God, uh, how many have there been? There was that dude that was in the log cabin with his dog. Yes. There was... That woman who was a teacher that quit 
immediately after saving some kids from a lake yes. or something. Yep. Um, I think there was another person in the Old West. Mm-hmm. All right, that's three. I, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I could have sworn that there's one more person in the Old West. And then there's the Dragon Lord from that horrendous three-issue series around Kyle's time that came out. Was that in Elseworlds? I don't remember. No, unfortunately, it was not in Elseworlds. Okay, so that so there's been four, and you know, to be fair, these are all like kind of obscure stories that you know blink if you mi- blink and you miss it. But at the same time, how often do they really retcon things out of Green Lantern continuity? So I guess yeah. I guess they're still there if if you want them to be there. Yeah. So I mean, like I would say, like. There's definitely been at least three, possibly four, other Green Lanterns aside from this. So, I mean, uh, granted, it's not a lot, but still, I mean, like, you know, out of how many planets in a sector, it's quite a few to, you know, show up from one particular planet. Yeah. Oh, you should count Jade, too, because she had, like, Kyle gave her a ring for a while, and she was operating as Earth's Green Lantern. That's true. And she- <laughs> And she's human, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's five more. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess the order that they have these in is just so that guy guy can be last. Yeah. And that's the only way that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think they lined it up that way because they have that, like, two pages later when he's walking down the line, and like by the time he gets. To hit looking himself like he's literally he's looking himself in the face and he's wondering how he's going to be remembered by the history books and by his friends and by himself because they're still hitting us like I really like this opening sequence because it's it drives home like like that kind of dread and, and anticipation for finding out what guy's mission actually is out there because like he's gone, he's gone so far as he's recorded his last will and testament. He's thinking heavily about legacy, about what he's going to be leaving behind. So like, like is what he's going is what he's going to do likely going to kill him? Is it going to irreparably destroy the way people view him? Like, is he going to be like the most wanted man in the universe or something? Or like, I don't know. It was it was a really I think they played this well. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I like I like the line, "He's willing to step up when the steps get steep." Yeah, I thought that was a cool line. I didn't really care about the, the Aresia and Sodom part. Yeah, that was just kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that that's just kind of gonna be there until Sodom joins up with them. Because I mean, I th- those two characters have been joined at the hip since Sinestro Corps. So it's like where Arisia goes, Sodom Yat's gonna go. So eventually he's gonna be on their their team in their group in the unknown sectors. So it's like okay, let's I can deal with that because it's just a couple pages here and there until he fi- they finally get him. Mm-hmm. That art on that uh that I can save you page was amazing though. Um, where the the they're blowing apart as fiery skeletons. Oh, where the splash page. Oh, the splash page. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, the art is beautiful. It's just, like, really weird that it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I read this. I'm like, oh, it's a dr- she wakes up from a dream, but she's really in another dream. And then she wakes up again. I'm like, I wonder 
how how recently Peter Tomasi went to see Inception. <laughs> well, no, her hands are it, dirty from the clay. That too. See, no, yeah, see, go see Inception. <laughs> I saw Inception. It's a good movie. It was good. I liked it. But yeah, I mean, I I just chalked up the clay on her hands to being like you know, she's she was sculpting and she fell asleep. Yes. So, so there you go. <laughs> so I I guess like, well, was there anything particularly in these issues else that you wanted to discuss? Let me th- let me just page through here. Uh, what's the bad guy's name again? Zardor. Zardor. You know had an R in it. I kind of I kind of like his his whole. I mean, from what we know, his plan is like it's really basic. You know, he's like, he's like he's a telepath who can control a couple Green Lanterns, so he's gonna he's gonna hijack dozens of telepaths and pool their power and control all the Green Lanterns, and then he'll have an army to rule the universe. It's like such a, it's like a really basic supervillain plot, <laughs> but it's it's I I appreciate it. You know, I like I I'm fine with it. I think it's kind of like. All right, that's cool enough. I like that. That's new bad guy. He's doing classic bad guy things, and they're still like, like, because I think if there wasn't this, this air of mystery around what the hell Guy Gardner and company are actually doing, it would have bugged me to have like such like a, uh, I'll say usual plot from the the current story arcs bad guy, but the fact that we're getting our our like kind of mystery and intrigue from the good guys instead like yeah. i i almost prefer that it's a kind of like a simple plot i don't know how you feel about that yeah i i like it i mean yeah i mean we have no idea what's going on with guy gardner and atrocitus and ganthet so yeah i mean like that that actually uh, i'll get to it in a little bit but it, it it definitely gives me something that i i want from a comic and uh I mean, as far as the bad guy, I mean, like, kudos to these guys for coming up with this bad guy. Because, like, you see in so many comics nowadays, like, when it comes to mainstream comics, the the creators don't want to create a new character. Because now, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, for good or for bad, if this character, you know, skyrockets in popularity... You know, you're you get nothing from it. Whereas if you had created this character in like you know his own side book or something like that, it uh you know you could actually generate a lot of money for yourself. Yeah. So you know you see like a lot less of the you know creation aspect nowadays. Yeah, I mean, Comic Geek Speak talks about that every now and then, where like there's a period in uh I'm not even gonna attempt the year like the 50s or something where like Marvel especially, like, almost the entire Marvel universe that we know of was created within, like, a two-year period. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody just showed up and hit the ground running and, bam, there's your Marvel universe. And then, like, like there's, like, every now and then you get a new, something new or, like, a new character, but it's not as creatively driven anymore, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But... But yeah, no, I agree. Like I'm and and like I said before, like it's like if they went out into these unknown parts of space and the first bad guy they run into is like 
evil star or whoever. Like I would kind of be like, oh well, I guess. I, mean, I guess it makes sense that if you know the lantern's jurisdiction ends here, you could hide over there. Like the whole the same concept as with the Vega system, right? Right. But again, it would be it would feel like such a waste. Yes. If they just fell back on, oh yeah, this is where all of the villains you already know are hiding out, instead of playing up the idea that. Well, there's all this new stuff that you have no idea about over here. Yeah, I and I mean, like, I'm willing to go as far as to say that when I see the creators of the comic are actually willing to create, like, new characters. Like, obviously, they're always creating new Green Lanterns because, <laughs> like, that's just that's just something that they do. They can't stop killing them. They have to. <laughs> yeah. So, like. You know, they're, they're always coming up with new Green Lanterns. And I guess, like, that's just part of the territory. Like, if you're going to work on Green Lantern, you just have to always be coming up with new Green Lanterns. But as far as, like, new villains, you know, like, if I see somebody that's actually saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to create a new villain. Like, you know, look at, look at Jeff Johns. Like, he created all these other members of these different cores. You know, uh, Lar- Larflees, like, prime example, Larflees and Atrocitus. Two amazing new characters that never before existed, but now everybody loves. Like, I have so much respect for a creator that's willing to do that. And right here, it's no different. Like, I, you know, they may not make the royalties that they would make if they had created this character on a creator-owned line, but they have my respect, and, like, I'm going to definitely follow them. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point in the last year, I can't remember when, I went through, like, Comic Book DB looking at um, at Kyle Rayner's series. And I just started keeping keeping track of, like, when villains would repeat, just based on the cover image. Kyle only really fought, like, like seven bad guys through his entire, like, decade of being on that book. Like, throw in, like, a random, like, bunch of paramilitary guys and then a bunch of random robots here and there. There's, like, there's like less than a dozen villains Kyle fought, at least according to his covers. And, like, I don't remember any standouts that weren't there, you know? Yeah. That's just, it's, wow. So, definitely good good for these guys for making up somebody new. Yes. Yeah. And, like, within the first issue, even. Yeah. And I really feel like we haven't talked about the art enough, because, like, Pissarin is just really really good at this yeah no this like for me it's not it's not amazing art you know it's not like i i guess i would say ethan van skyver or it's not like shane davis i wouldn't call ethan van skyver amazing art well i i would like i i definitely dig that kind of art um even ivan ivan reese evan hayes whatever (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, that's that's some really good art. You know, like, this is, it's very good art. This is, like, what you would expect from a good cop. You know, like, um, when it was Patrick Gleason. Gleason. Yeah. When it was Patrick Gleason, like, it took me a while to kind of understand his art style so that I could respect him. You know, because, like, event, you know, in the beginning, it's just, like, you got some panels which he does beautiful and then you have other panels where it's like it's ugly and it takes a while to realize well the things the reason that he's drawing those things ugly is because they are ugly in the story 
you know so it's kind of like it's it's good art combined with like very good storytelling to make for like a really great you know read but you know like this this definitely has amazing merits you know it's it's very solid art i mean i look through this i'm like i just i just get the i'm filled with the feeling like this is how this should look you know like like i especially love i especially love how he draws kilowog because like he's not overly bulky he's not like like he's like the proportions feel right his bulk feels right the i don't i don't know like like he's he's over exaggerated just enough in just the right way that like and this is just going off of issue two. Like this is one of my favorite takes on Kilowog so far, to like to date. Good. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I I keep noticing, I keep picking up on this, is the the designs of the power batteries. Yeah, I love. I really like how they how he draws Guy Gardner's. I won't lie. I really like it. Yeah, I I keep on thinking about it. It's like. <clears throat> I don't know if this is something that the creators themselves are just like, hey, this will be fun to do. Let's, you know, make everybody's lantern, you know, specific. It could be that. Or, I mean, you know, the other part of me is wondering, well, maybe it's like an editorial thing saying, okay, we want all the lanterns to be different. So that way, if we have a breakout character, we can make a prop replica of their power battery. I would buy guys. I'm saying I... (laughs) Because I, the one thing, the one detail about the power batteries I've never really liked is how, like, the open mouth parts of it, like, just, just fan out really wide on either side. I always thought that looked kind of like, ah, well, whatever. So, like, like, with guys here, it's like, it's a lot more muted and it almost kind of folds inward and it's just kind of, it's not as blatant. Like, I really like how that looks. It is definitely it's it's nice and it's cool because like it's just like the symbol. Yeah, yeah. So I do like. That. I don't know if I would definitely buy his, but I would definitely consider it. Man, he's good. I I honestly I would have to nitpick to find things bad to say about this. Like like I don't like how Pasaran draws Guy Gardner's vest so so form fitting. It should be a little bulkier. And I have to take issue with that because you've you've mentioned that a couple of times on the forum now. Yeah. And, like, I guess, yeah, in the past, Guy Gardner's vest has been a little looser. But when you think about it, that doesn't actually make any sense. Why would he create a vest that was loose with the ring? Because it fits better? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, obviously any when you create a, a suit with the with the ring, it's, you know, it, it fits your form. Yeah. And... You know, like, so, you know, conceivably, if you were wearing a jacket, like, you know, it's basically just to be, you know, like, a, like a stylized decision on your costume. You know, like, yeah. to make it extra bulky like that would just, you know, hinder you when you're in combat or something. Yeah, but look how many, like, there's, I can think of at least two Green Lanterns off the top of my head who have, like, as part of their costumes, these giant cloaks <laughs> or... Or like, like you want to talk functional? Why is Aresia wearing anything that she's wearing? <laughs> but like, we don't, I don't question I'm... that. <laughs> don't question that. Yeah, I'm just thinking in terms of like, like 
purely aesthetically. Like, I think it looks better. I don't want, because sometimes Guy Gardner's drawn with, like, the super clunky, it's like there's a box over him kind of vest. I don't, I don't want that. Like, just, like, this, but slightly baggier. Just because, I don't know, just just for me, like, I don't like tight-fitting clothes. Like, I would, like, if, if you hand me a vest that, like, fit perfectly, like, to my form, like, I would probably be like, yeah, you got one size up? I would, I would prefer that. That and I think like that the opening sequence, well not the opening sequence the, the action sequence that opened up issue one, I thought the narrative was broken up a little too much. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Like that was cl- like like honestly issue one I enjoyed a lot more the second read through because the first time around I was trying to kind of get everything out of it mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm like okay I can't really follow both of these <laughs> at the same time. But, like, the second time through, it was like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay, this is fine. I like this. Yeah, especially when it's, like, uh, the three panels, especially in a universe where the lines are beginning to blur. It's, like, that's that's the writing over three panels. Yeah. And, and it's, like, like, while all this, like, because like, it's, it's uh, five pages of inner monologue that all, that's one big sentence while you've got, like, this, this, big budget Hollywood action scene happening visually. You've got dialogue from multiple people <laughs> and it's it's and a lot of what's going on like is not reinforced with words. You have to like really pay attention to the to the pictures too. So it's like and it all happens apparently in 10 seconds. <laughs> so it's like it's like all right, that 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 opening could have been structured a little bit better, but you know, that's that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for number 3. Yeah. So I guess, like, the only thing left to talk about with this book is the price. Oh. Okay, so these these comics, these issues are $3.99 a piece. Yes, they are. And they are the size of a regular comic. There's no extra bonus. It's just, you know, what you're paying for for a two ninety nine comic, here you're paying three ninety nine for. Mm. So, you know, I mean, like... I mean, obviously, nobody enjoys that. No. Now, on the forum, you've said that, like, this this one, you don't mind paying for because it's your favorite. Yeah. Because, like, I'm, I've said this before, like, I'm, I'm all about, like, like, the Green, well, maybe not exactly right now, but <laughs> the Green Lantern books as a whole, like, I, def- I definitely get more than like, three or four bucks worth of enjoyment out of them, you know? Like, with, like, uh, I'm so inarticulate tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, the Green Lantern books, like, when they're good, I definitely get more than three or four dollars worth of enjoyment out of them. So it's not like, like, I think I even used the example of, like, like, I'm not going through with a calculator working out how many cents worth of fun I should be having with each page <laughs> and then going, like, like, oh, they jipped me. This price tag is not blah. I don't know. I, I just overall think like if there's a book on your pull list that you don't think is worth whatever you paid for it, you shouldn't have it on your pull list. But like, I don't know. What where what, what do you think? What do you think? I'm rambling a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, like we've we've kind of mentioned on the forum about how this is basically Green Lantern Core. This is basically Green Lantern Core, and they raised the price a dollar, and they started a brand new series, which they're they're calling Green Lantern Corps, 
but it's really the, you know, the Kyle Rayner, John Stewart, and Ganfet hour, because like, and I mean, it's 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 a good marketing decision from DC, like you know. Oh God, yeah. You keep the the writer that everybody likes from Green Lantern Corps. You keep all the the characters that everybody likes from Green Lantern Corps, and you push them into their own brand new book and charge another another dollar for it. Yeah, cause people know the quality will be there, so they'll support that book, and it won't fail immediately. Right. Plus, the the Green Lantern Corps book that's been going for 50 issues isn't going to disappear overnight because of a quality dip. Yeah, because if nothing else, you have people that are just going to keep on picking up the issues because they've bought the previous 50. Yeah. Now, I mean, like, with, with you know, obviously, like, tonight we're not discussing Green Lantern Corps. Like, the concept of that book, like, doesn't that seem very much like... Like, if you look at it in concept, it's basically something that we've been asking for for a couple of years now. Yeah, the whole, like, like the the spotlight being given to, like, Jon Stewart and Kyle Rayner and... Well, I mean, like, I think <clears throat> what, I, what I was really asking for was, okay, give me a book with Kyle Rayner leading, you know, if you need to put Jon Stewart somewhere. He can be a backup, like he can be a, a supporting character. And, well, everybody always loves the interactions between Kyle and Ganthet. So, I mean, like right there, you know, give Kyle his own book. And it, it's almost like, okay, well, you know, we heard you. We're going to give you, you know, your own Kyle book. But they've, what they've given us is a Jon Stewart book with a bunch of people that we don't care about. And Kyle Rayner makes an appearance every once in a while. Every you know, it's I I, I think you're I think you're jumping to conclusions a little bit here though, because we're still in the middle. Well, maybe it finished. I don't know. I get my books on Friday. Yeah, we're it's, still, it's done. It's done. Okay, so the first story arc, like, like again, like the first story arc, like once they get a story arc or two past this, I think the book is going to read completely differently because. By then, they'll hopefully have the creative team settled. Tony Bedard won't have to worry about the introductory crap anymore. And, I, I, I mean, frankly, Jon Stewart, like, I can't remember if I read the first three. I guess I've read the first three parts of that story. Uh, Jon Stewart, he's the one Green Lantern out of all of the <laughs> four in Air Bunnies, <laughs> human, Earth Lanterns, that really does not get a lot of page time in the comics. Like, I mean, most people I know who know Jon Stewart know him from the Justice League cartoon and not from the books. So it's like, it's like if you're going to introduce any one of these characters to readers, you probably should focus a little more on Jon because he doesn't show up as often as anybody else. So, I mean, I think I could see Kyle and Ganthet becoming more prominent, like, as the like, as story arcs go on. Like, I think... Like, isn't the next story arc supposed to be out about that, uh... That weaponer of Quard and... Yes. The whole, like, Kyle Sinestro thing or whatever? Oh, okay, okay. Well, that... Hopefully that'll be better. But, I mean, like, it would make sense to me that if you're creating a book, you know, with a jumping-on point like that, with a brand-new creative team and everything, like... And the the character that most people don't know that much about is Jon Stewart. 
and the one that most of them do know about is Kyle Rayner. You know, especially from reading, you know, the, the, the past issues of Green Lantern Corps, like, it would make sense you would want to lead off with something Kyle-centric so that way you get people in. Yeah. I, although at the same time, I will say, though, the fact that everybody knows Kyle Rayner already, to some extent, certainly certainly more so than they know John, could would also mean that they could do less with Kyle and still get away with it because he's... I mean, like, like if you have Superman in your comic, you don't have to really spend too much time with using or focusing on Superman because everybody already knows Superman, what he can do and what his deal is. Whereas you can focus more on like his teammate who you really haven't seen a lot of because they're the one that needs it more, you know? Yeah, I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying, but by the same token, if somebody is buying that same book for Superman and they're seeing, oh, well, Superman is in the book, but it's basically like him standing, like leaning on a wall, just saying, carry on, fellas, carry on. <laughs> and he does I wanna nothing. He I want to see that now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would stop buying that book, like, immediately. It's like, well, if this is the only role that he's going to have, I'm not going to continue reading. And it may be that after issue, like, six or seven, they have, like, a, an amazing story, you know, all about Superman. But by then, I'm gone because, you know, you didn't do anything with him in the first, you know, five issues. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Green Lantern Corps needs to be a team book. It doesn't matter to me how big or small the team is. You can have your main... You can have, like, your main cast of characters. You can pull in all of the random supporting characters you want as you go. And, like, if you want, you can... I mean, like, look at Emerald Warriors. It's We've, been, we've basically been thinking of it as the Guy Gardner book, right? This is not the, a Guy Gardner solo book. This is... I fully expect, like, this to be just as much about the characters around Guy as it is about Guy, but they'll understandably skew more towards Guy-centricness just to give... Because he's the only human, he's our only touchstone character in this whole thing, right? Yes. So, you know, what... I mean, so far, Emerald Warriors seems like it's going to be a team book that focuses a little extra on Guy Gardner as a lead. And, like, they need to either... I don't know, like, they they need to to either take that approach with Green Lantern Corps, or they need to write it like you would write a good Justice League book, where it's, they're just all teammates working together. You know, maybe they take orders from somebody in mission-specific instances, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna stick with the wait-and-see attitude on Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, I would like you drop it, even if it was bad. Well... I mean, if it gets if it gets really bad, I don't know. I, I mean, I probably won't drop it, but I may just keep buying it and not read it. Oh. Just, like, flip through and be like, oh, yep. <laughs> when we have the reviews of Green Lantern Core on, you know, on the podcast, I'll just have two people on, and I'll <laughs> be standing, like, leaning up against the wall saying, carry on, fellas, carry on. <laughs> You let Corwin or somebody do the reviews, and you'll be like, "Oh shit, that happened!" Yeah, <laughs> it's like maybe I should read this. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. But, but on the the cover price point, if you go through DCBS, this book is two thirty nine. 
So it's so Emerald Warriors and it's three ninety nine price tag. If you go through discount comic book service like I do, and I don't remember if you do, but you'll be paying less for it than you would be paying for a two ninety nine book on the stands. So if that's your big breaking point, then just go go for it online then. I haven't actually been getting uh, DCBS um, the past couple of months, mainly because I'm not o- ordering, you know, enough comics for it to make sense. How many do you, How many do you read? Because I think you only need to order like eight. Um, I think. I guess, like it's it's to the point where like it's right on the borderline. It's right on the borderline. So, you know, like I mean, I, I might save like a dollar. Or I could not get DCBS and go into a comic book shop. And that way, like, you know, if I get to flip through Time Masters number three and be like, oh, there's actually no reason for me to get this whatsoever. You know, then I just save four dollars. You know, whereas if I had gotten it through DCBS, I wouldn't have known and I would have spent the, you know, two seventy nine or whatever it would cost. So. Anyway, um, I think uh, this is probably a good point for us to take a break and uh, we'll play. Let's see. Chad has given us a Larflees report. This is, I don't even know when this is from because <laughs> we just keep on having issues where, like, I think we originally recorded it with episode 66. Uh, then that episode was lost. Yeah. Then we yeah. re-recorded 66, me and Mark Marble, and we ran out of time. And then, for obvious reasons, it didn't happen in 67. <laughs> so we'll play that now, and then we'll discuss it. So we'll be back in a sec. Hey, Lantern Cast family, I'm Chad Bokelman, and welcome to the fourth installment of the Larflees Report. Hopping right in, we got Brightest Day number 11 and number 12. Wait a tick, this is still Brightest Day, right? So what's a shitstorm of Black Lanterns doing on the cover? Pick it up and see. Untold Tales of the Blackest Night number one. It's a one-shot, folks, so don't get your hopes up too much, but hey, with Scarecrow, Donna Troy, Ragman, and Animal Man on the cover, I'll definitely clunk down the hefty $5 for this bowl of awesome sauce. Green Lantern number 59. Two words, and then I'm moving on. Indigo's back. Green Lantern Corps, number 53, Green Lanterns versus the Quardians. Ah, those good old classic themes never die off, do they? Green Lantern, Emerald Warriors, number 3. Is is that Sodom yet? Alive? Other Brightest Day mediocrity? In my own egotistical opinion, that is. Green Arrow, number 5, Justice League, Generation Lost, number 11 and number 12, Justice League of America, number 50, The Flash, number 7, and Titans, number 28. Other DC GL-related thingamajigs? Rebels, number 21. Lobo, the proud owner of a Red Lantern ring, by the way, versus a couple of, you guessed it, Green Lanterns. DC Comics Presents, Brightest Day, number 1. Actually, this is a reboot of a series DC did back in the day that was kind of a Marvel team-up-like book. Only this time around, this trade will feature various Deadman and Hawkman issues from the past, as well as a team-up between the two characters. But hey, at $7.99 for a trade, I'll pick it up. DC Comics Presents Green Lantern, number one. This Presents trade collects Green Lantern issues number 137 through 140. J- 
judging from the cover, I believe this is the storyline where Jade and Kyle do some interplanetary GL business. And hey, it's Jade. Eat your heart out, Mindy. Ho ho ho, okay, it's not really Christmas, but the only way I'm getting this awesomeness is through a Christmas present. It's a 640 page, $75 Green Lantern omnibus. Everything from showcase numbers 22 through 24 and the entire first 21 issues of the first Green Lantern series. But hey, when you consider the archive issues, those trades are $50. I'm just saying. Indie pick. Uh, this time, eh, Walking Dead. Everyone loves it. I read the first trade. I love it. I haven't mentioned it. Pick it up. Marvel Awesome Sauce. Yes, that's my new phrase. Okay, I love three Marvel characters. Thor, Gambit, and Venom and his entire screwed up alien family. So, who am I picking up this time? Carnage. He's back for a five-issue mini. Ah! Pick it up. Now. Green Lantern vs. Sinestro Ultimate Showdown statue set. It's full of awesome sauce. Also, it's $175, so check out DC Direct before you go broke. Brightest Day Series 1 figures, Aquaman, eh, Green Arrow, eh, Hot Girl, mm. Dead Man, whoop whoop, sidebar, damn them for not giving Boston his trench coat, kudos though for making a decent Dead Man figure, what else, oh yeah, there's a Green Lantern beanie floating around out there now, it's a very simple design, but it's worth mentioning, pick of the week, Killwog, the large lovely... Lovely. He's lovely. No, he's also lovable, though. Ass-kicking corpse trainer comes in a lead figurine style now. Yay! He also go nicely with the house and Estro, Guy, Alan, and John lead figures they already have out. And I, of course, own. You should pick it up, though. It's lead. So if you have any kids, they'd be hard-pressed to break it. And if they scratch it, you can always repaint it. Or ship it off to Jim. I'm sure he'll repaint it for you. For free, because you listen to the podcast. Yeah, right. All right. That's it for me. Talk to y'all later. Carnage, Chad? Really? (laughs) God. Oh, man. Out of everything, that's what you pick up on the first. I pick up... Yes! Oh, God damn it. Uh, (laughs) Carnage... Oh. I'm... 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 No. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'll, uh... I'll just make a little note that... If you send me your scratched lead figurines, I'll send you a letter that says thank you for the free lead figurines. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be reser- returning any- receiving anything in return. Oh, my God. Build that fan base, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really kind of looking forward to that, um, uh, what are they calling it, DC Presents collection. Because they've, they've started doing this a lot, where it's like, like these these four or seven dollar I think I think it's seven dollar like reprint collections of like four or five issues or three or four issues of a series or a story arc, and that's the Green Lantern one with Kyle and Jade on the covers. When um like do you remember when they went to that planet that was at war with itself or something? And uh I forgot I forgot the whole story, but it was like a really kind of I don't want to say touching story, but you know what I'm talking about. As it, this was back when, like, I think it was... I forget if Ron Mars was still writing it. I think he was. No. Judd Winnick. Oh, okay. Then it was, de- then it was definitely better than I remembered. <laughs> um, 
Uh, but this was still when Daryl Banks was on the title. And, like, I've been missing that guy's artwork lately. Was it definitely Daryl Banks? He, it, I think it definitely was, yeah. Huh. He, he did the covers, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, that could be. I remember that the the issue numbers that he said, this, this story was, like, just before Kyle uh, turned into Ion. I know. That's why I, was, I thought it was weird that they picked this one. Like, I don't know if they just grabbed a random thing that had Jade in it, but I don't know. Like, I'm I'm happy for this. Like, I want people to jump on this and get this because there's probably, like, six trades in total of Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern series. Yeah. At, and, like, if this, like, DC's, you know, they're, they're, in a, they're a business. They want to make money. If this sells... They will do more of it. Maybe they'll do like, maybe like with, with all of the Green Lantern buzz going through comics, film, and mainstream media, they could they might be motivated to put out more Kyle Rayner trades. You know, although although if he's not going to be featured in the movie, that probably won't happen. But whatever, I let's try. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can hope for that for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I'm most looking forward to, and I guess by the way, like. Due to all the delays, this all this stuff from Chad that he's talking about basically comes out this month. <laughs> so this is stuff that you should be looking for because it's going to hit very soon. Wait, th- this month is in September or this month is in October? Well, this is going to go up in October, so. All right, because otherwise, month, otherwise they have a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, uh, the, the Blackest Night Untold Tales. Hmm. That that's something that I'm very much looking forward to, because like, I think while we were you know talking about Blackest Night, one of the characters that I was wondering about was Ragman. Oh yeah, with all the yeah all the dead people in him. Yes. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, more Yellow Lantern Scarecrow is only a good thing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and White Lantern Adol Man. Yeah. Because yeah. like that happened for like two seconds, and they never, you know, touched on it at all. Yeah, so I'll be curious. I'm surprised. I'm surprised the first thing you d- you went to wasn't the omnibus. I, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. It's like seventy five dollars. Yeah, I think thirty five or forty dollars on DCBS. Yeah, I mean, my thing with that was like, like that would be something really cool to have on your shelf. Yeah, but like I'm already like I'm already getting the Chronicles. And yeah. I like them. I like that format. I like, I like how. I mean, granted, I wish they came out more often, but you know, they're already, they're already doing, they're already doing what this, what the omnibus is basically. It's 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 all of Hal's, like the the Silver Age Green Lantern stuff in chronological order in color, which they've never done before. Like if the omnibus came out first, and that was the only place they were doing that. Then I'll I'll go for the omnibus, but I don't know. What uh what issues does the omnibus go up to? Uh, the first I think he said it was either twelve or twenty one. I forget. It was probably twenty one. Really? That's it? I think you could go back and re-listen to it. I don't know. <laughs> or, uh, let me look. I'll look it up. You talk about stuff. I'm looking too. Fine. Then I won't. <laughs> then I won't look it up. <laughs> uh, green lantern. Omnibus. I'm 
picturing you learning those words for the first time as you type it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Well, it's 1 through 21 plus the showcase 22 through 24. Hmm. And that's 680 pages. Yeah, I guess that's about right. I mean, like, the first 21 issues of the Green Lantern series, I mean, like, that's that doesn't seem that impressive to me. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> And I mean, like, the other thing that I'd be wondering about is, do they plan on doing more? Yeah, that's another thing. You know, because, like, you know, how many... That that series ran for 223 issues, give or take? Well, I would think that... Because uh, I would almost think that it would be more promising if the Chronicles came out more frequently. So I think there... Oh, God, I, th- I think there's three of them now. Yeah. I can't remember if I have all three or if I pre-ordered the third, but you know, if those were selling bigger, I think we would definitely be getting more in terms of the the Omnibuy production. Well, how many? Okay, well, I guess now, how many issues do the do the the Chronicles cover? Oh Jesus! <laughs> Green Lantern <laughs> Chronicles. See, okay, volume one is load. Number three doesn't come out till November 2nd. Oh, well, that's close enough for me. All right, Green Lantern Chronicles volume one, this is a soft cover trade, is showcase 22, 23, 24, and Green Lantern one through three. So it's six issues. Okay. Uh, Green Lantern Chronicles volume three features... Don't think it says. Alright, volume two is Green Lantern four through nine. Four, five, six. So it's the next yeah, it's six more issues. Okay. So I mean even if we assume that the next one has six issues, that's fifteen issues altogether. Yeah. Well the, the up to Green Lantern fifteen. Yeah. And if these things are fifteen dollars a piece uh, right now, I'm looking at Green Lantern Volume Three on Amazon. You can get it for ten dollars, um, but even at fifteen dollars a piece, you're looking at sixty dollars for four volumes, and that would roughly bring you to twenty-one issues. Well, on um, they're nine bucks each on in-stock trades. Okay, so nine times four is thirty-six. Sure. <laughs> Thirty. Okay, so that's thirty-six. Whereas the the Green Lantern Omnibus, if you had gotten it on DCBS, that would have been like, what, 35, 40? Yeah, so it's basically the same thing. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. So whether or not you want to have it in one nice, giant, beautiful volume, or these, you know, uh, easier to read, I would say. Yeah, I almost don't want an Omnibus just because of how big it is. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't want something that I feel like I might break by reading it. Yeah. Like, I was considering for a while... Like, I've never read any of Brubaker's Captain America, and I hear nothing but amazing things about it. So I'm like, you know what? I want to read that eventually. And then I st- saw that they collected it, like, almost the whole thing so far. It's like two on the buy. So I'm like, you know what? I could just look for those. But then I started thinking about, like, okay, not only is it a bigger one-time cost, it's also, like... There's there's physical problems with carrying it around and reading it, so I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just I would just look for the the smaller collections. 
you know, I forgot what I forgot wasn't on this uh, this round of Larfleys report because I guess because of the the time timing of everything. What's that? The uh, the first of the uh, the small battery props. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you gonna get any of those? I don't think so. I might end up getting the green one. Yeah. Because I think they want me to get it, me specifically, because it <laughs> it ships on my birthday. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I'm like looking at the solicitation. I've, I saw the orange one, and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool, but no, I don't need that. I certainly don't need all of them. But then I saw the green one, I'm like, well, if I was going to get one, I would get this. So I'm like, I'm paying more attention to the ad, and it's like, pre-order item ships on May 18th. I'm like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. They made it for, they made it for me. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it, and like, I think if I was going to get any of them, I would probably get black. It goes with everything. Well, I mean... Like, there was no actual black power battery. Mm. You know, there was just that giant one and, like, the one on Necron's scythe. Yeah. So, like, to have, like, a small little representation would just be kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, how cool, though? I was thinking about this the other day. I forget how many Black Lantern figures you got. Did you get any? Oh, no, I didn't get any. All right, that was Jason, though. He got all of them, right? Yes, yeah. How awesome would it look if he got, like, the Black Lantern lantern, like, the, the full-size DC Direct one that they're going to do eventually? <laughs> and you ha- he just takes that out of the box, puts it, like, in a central position, and he, like, lines up all of his Black Lantern figures around it. Like, it's perfect scale to be their central battery. It's funny because I had this exact same conversation with Mark Marble on the San Diego Comic-Con episode. Oh, maybe I stole it from you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It it would look perfect with those. And he'd have to take all of his toys out of the box, though. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Do it, do it, Jason. Come on, come on, Jason. Do it. Come on, come on. The uh, the other thing that Chad had mentioned was the the brightest day action figures. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, Dead Man, White Lantern. Yeah, you've you really like everybody. Uh, I forgive you too, but everybody seems to be down on the brightest day figures so far. What do you mean down on them? I guess because they're not they're all com- they're all different random characters. There's yeah. no real like collect co- like collectability to get the entire wave like like there yeah. was for the Blackest Night ones and how it's like well that's an okay looking Hawkman I guess and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I like the Mera. I do like the Mera figure. Mm. I have no interest in owning a Hawkman or Hawkgirl figure. I mean, I just never have. You know, Martian Manhunter is kind of cool, but I don't need him. And I don't know. I can't remember the rest at the moment. I agree with him about the trench coat, though, too. Yeah, yeah. But at least he comes with, like, a removable, you know, head. I would just lose that. (laughs) So you can, like, recreate him taking the mask off. (laughs) Yeah, was there anything else that he mentioned? Uh, I don't know. Justice League is apparently hitting issue 50. <laughs> oh, God. Tell me you don't still buy that. Tell me. Just tell me right now. You don't. No. Do you? No. Do you? No. Do you really? No. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I can't. Like, I picked up that issue 49, like, on the newsstand. I'd like to flip through it. And, like... Oh, God, I, I can't even remember. It just looked horrible. It was like, I don't know, 
Donna Troy and Jade side by side, and they were talking about Black Lantern. Black Lantern stuff. I, I don't know. I think like Jade might have even like had like a Black Lantern symbol show up or something like that. I don't know. Just made no sense. I'm like, screw this. Screw this. I give up. I can't. Yeah, I read the solicitation for the issue for some reason, and it 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 basically read like something like like Donna Troy and Jade move in together, and now they live in California or something. I'm like, that's, that's <laughs> all you're gonna tell me, huh? <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens in this issue, like, and we're going to charge you $4. Kudos to you for not spoiling me, but, you know, <laughs> you you lose the points you gain for also making me not want to read it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, what you call it? The, the, <laughs> the last part of uh, that story, the dark things came out. Not, not the, the last part, but the... Uh... The epilogue? Yes. I've actually, I've... I've... I've been I've been listening to coverage of it from like you and Comic Geeks because I don't care about this story, but I've been waiting to read the whole thing until I got that epilogue issue because I'm like yeah. I get the feel I I'm getting the feeling I like that one issue more than the rest of this story for some um, reason. I well once again I stopped at the comic book store today, and I flipped through that issue of JSA, and like the art the art they had uh, somebody else. Uh, Name escapes me at the moment, but it wasn't Mark Bagley. Mm. It was somebody else, and I'm flipping through and looking at the art, and the art was fine. You know, I mean, it, it was passable art. But, they, like, I look at it, it's like, well, this is still written by James Robinson. Oh, it is? Yes. Oh, God, I thought they went back to the normal guy. No. Oh, son of a bitch. No, it's. I guess it's like the next issue or something like that, where there's a new creative team with Scott Collins and Mark Guggenheim. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, so, like, you know, the art may be different, but the story is just a continuation of the whole JSA storyline, the, the JLA, J, JSA thing. God. So, yeah, like, I flipped through and I'm like, this looks like crap, crap, more crap. Yes, I'll pass. Because they, they sell this thing as being, like, focusing on Alan and Obsidian. Do they do that, at least? Yeah, yeah, it looks like they're pretty prominent in the issue. Uh, okay, he, um, written James Robinson. The art is by Jesus Marino, and the cover is by our our buddies Shane Davis and Sandra Hope. The, the cover was definitely nice. Oh, yeah, that's a nice-looking cover. <laughs> yeah, you have fun reading that. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to read the whole thing in one sitting, too. Yeah, and, oh, God, I, I can't even imagine. I, I couldn't do that. I, like, literally, like, I was unable to do that. I had to do it in multiple sittings because I couldn't handle. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, at this point, I've heard enough about it that I just, I got to see it for myself, you know? Yeah. I'm very curious how this was going to read, like, back to back, like, in terms of, like, like okay, this is this is going to be somebody's first trade or something, you know. Like somebody's <laughs> going to try, somebody's going to try this story. Yeah, they're going to see it on the bookshelf and they'll be like, JLA and JSL. Whoa, what is this? Oh, look at all these guys. I'll try this out. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Because like I used to do that like back when I don't even remember years ago. Like I would just wander into like like a comic book store or a Barnes and Noble or whatever. I would just indiscriminately go through their trade selection and see like 
Like, oh, what's this? X-Men? Oh, I, I like the X-Men. Who, which characters are these? Oh, that's cool. Do I want to read a story about these characters? Oh, yeah, why not? How much is this? Oh, that's fine. I'll, and then I'll get in and read it. <laughs> like, like if, if, apply the same thought to, like, the Justice League and, and such. <laughs> it's like, it, like, this could very easily be, like, an impulse kind of buy for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> After they read it, they're going to want to cut off the impulses from their their shopping shopping hands to their brain, they'll become hardcore image readers after that. <laughs> oh man, they're gonna become illiterate. No, uh, uh, like like James Robinson. No, I'm sorry. Oh god. <laughs> uh, I am still looking forward to reading Starman though. I've been I, like that, that should be that. Like, James Robinson is getting a lot of flack these days, and he deserves all of it. But. <laughs> But, like, James Robinson of the past, of, like, the 90s, really, really, really good. Like, I got I, I got the first Starman trade just to see if I liked it. After that, I was like, okay, I have to get the entire thing of this before I read anymore. This is so good. And then they started soliciting the Omnibuy. And I've been pre-ordering that. I just ordered the final one. And once I get that, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read the whole thing straight through i'm probably gonna take like a week or two off work i'm just going to lock myself in a room with some sort of food and bathroom (laughs) and i'm going to and i'm just going to read starman i'm going to eat sleep and read starman and like like that's how good the first trade was it made me it made me commit to a series of omnibi (laughs) god yeah actually i just caught up with the stargate universe like that really yeah just you know, sat down and just kept watching episode after episode, so that way I could like be prepared for when the new season started, like last night. Mm. Is it good? Because like I was huge into SG One and Atlantis, and I just, I guess I also lost the Sci-Fi Channel around the, the yeah. start of Universe, so I just never continued with it. Uh, same thing with me. I lost like the digital connection, and so I didn't get a chance to see it from the beginning. And since I didn't see it from the beginning, there was nothing drawing me into want to continue watching. Yeah. I but, think I saw the first episode or part of the first episode or I forget, but no, I, I, I distinctly remember parts of the first episode. Yeah. I decided to, you know, check it out, started watching it. And like, I don't know, within like the first, within the first couple of episodes, I was completely hooked. It's interesting. It's like, you have a lot of awesome factors that made Stargate so good. I mean, like, there are a couple of things where it's, like, the the scientist that they have is not like Daniel Jackson or Samantha Carter. You know, like, they, they were so smart. Like, you knew how smart they were. And, like, they could always think their way out of a pro- problem because mm. of, you know, all the knowledge that they had. Or even Stargate Atlantis, how they had... Um, Oh, uh, McKay. Yeah, McKay. I love. He was my favorite character. I loved him. Yeah, like yeah. The, on uh, Stargate Universe, uh, it's Doctor Rush, and he's like, like you know, he's brilliant, and you know that, you know, like he has this amazing understanding of a lot of stuff, like Stargate and Ancients related, but. They don't go into it as much as they do for like some of the other scientists. So, like for the for the a long time, you're kind of left wondering, like what his area of expertise is. 
And, and that way you still don't know exactly how screwed they are. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And and they're pretty damn screwed for like a while. But yeah, it's it's really good. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy likes it too a lot. He's like he keeps saying he's gonna lend me the first season or something. I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess soon, you know. Yeah, no, you should definitely watch it. It's it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's like because I, I kind of phased out of caring about TV for a while, and now all of a sudden there's, like, a bunch of shows popping up that, like, they're really interesting. Like, either I saw them by accident or I sought them out, and they're really good. Like, have you seen, like, that new cop, sh- uh, well, I guess, police drama show, The Glades? No. It's like, it, the way I describe it, and this is a poor ex- description, but it's, it's like, picture what CSI Miami could have been without all the bullshit. <laughs> and this is, like, it's just, like, a really funny and for the most part cleverly written show that i wish i found i guess i think it's just ending its first season but i wish i found it earlier walking dead is going to start up on halloween uh, tell me you've seen the trailer the... no actually i have never read walking dead uh, i've never seen the trailer i don't really care is it just zombies Do you... no no oh. I know you like zombies. You just read zombies in Green Lantern for like eight fucking years. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, I don't love zombies. Like certain certain aspects of zombies, like I can deal with. But I mean, like the entire series focused on zombies. I don't no. really care about. No, 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 no. Oh, it's like it's character driven and. No, no, no. Listen to me. Listen to me. Like the role of the zombies in Walking Dead is to ooh, both provide a continuous threat and th- but not even that like their primary role is to establish the world that the characters have to live in it's like that's that's what they are like like the zombies are to the walking dead what the island is to lost you know it's it's they are the environment they are what makes the world the characters and what it is they are <laughs> what establishes the rules I can yep. stop you right there because I had no interest in watching Lost either. Yeah, I've never actually seen Lost, but <laughs> I, I couldn't think of like another. I, w- I was going to say the island in Gilligan's Island, but I wanted something that sounded like a better example. But like, it's like, it's honest to God. It's like people always say it's not about the zombies. It's about the people. And it's true. Like it's. Like, this isn't like, like okay, this is a story of these characters who are going to, during the zombie apocalypse, they're going to go out and they're going to kill them some zombies and wipe out all the zombies and try and figure out where the zombies came from and how to get rid of them and, and whatever. This is just like, like it's, it's a more down-to-earth take on like what might happen with a group of regular people who don't have any inside information. They don't have access to giant weapons caches. They don't have... They're just trying to get by day to day. And that involves trying to wrangle supplies, shelter, other survivors. And honest to God, there's I've never been as emotionally affected by a comic more than I have by Walking Dead. And I'm not going to tell you what in Walking Dead did it because it was like a particular point in the series. It was one of those where I was reading a trade a night. And after I read this trade... I had to take a break from the series for a couple weeks before going back to it. <laughs> like, it was just like, it was just, it just rattled me that much. Like, it's the kind of thing where like, and it has nothing to do with the zombies. 
it was the kind of thing where like after a while you hope like like you hope for zombie carnage because that's the least scary thing that could happen. <laughs> oh god. Like it's it's just so like and I honestly god it's the kind of thing where like as you get to the end like there there will be there are parts in this where I'm almost afraid to turn the page because I don't know what they're going to do. Okay. Especially once you get to the e- towards the end of a volume, it's like oh god, oh god, what's like what's going to happen? Oh my god. I'll think about it. Give it a try. Uh, you're you're going to the New York Comic Con. You're going to find Walking Dead everywhere. Just get get Volume One. Get the trade. You won't. This is not a, a get it in issues series. You're gonna want more immediately. Well, speaking of New York Comic Con, that's uh, going to come up this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when this episode airs. You gonna be there, Dan? I will be there on Saturday. I will be there on Saturday and most likely also on Friday. Hey, let me ask you this: Did you? You pre-ordered your tickets already? Yes, I did. When did you do that? I did it on I did it on the last day that you were able to pre-order. Well, I think you can still pre-order. They just don't mail them out to you after. Hey, that. yeah, the last day of of uh, that that mailing. Yeah, like I did it like a little maybe a little over a month ago. We are we're we're a few we're a couple days to the New York Comic Con, right? A week and a half. Yeah, a week and a half. This is a show that in the past has sold out, right? Yes. Jeremy and Rob have yet to pre-order their tickets, but intend to go. Uh, did you get your tickets? Uh, mine showed up, yes. When? Uh, actually, no, it was um uh, the Day of Wild Pig, I believe it was. Oh, God. Well, no, because, look, and, and the other people going with me, I had the same conversation with them. I pre-ordered earlier than them, so I got my tickets first. Okay. Since that, since then, since talking to them, they each got theirs. So, you know, yours will show up. Oh God! I yeah. Oh my God! I can't believe you just reminded me because oh crap! Did the mail just come today? <laughs> it would be delivered to my parents' house. Oh, cool! I'll say hi to your mom or dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing that did come was they sent me a uh, they sent me this big padded envelope. Along with uh, a note saying that, like, people that were coming in from Long Island, they had a promotion going on where if you use this promo code LIRR for Long Island Railroad, they yeah. would they would send you one round trip ticket to the convention. Wow. Yeah. So you doing it? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, well, you know, that's why I pre-ordered my ticket. So, uh, you know, for the for, by the mailing date. But when I went to do it, like, I had a problem so that it wouldn't allow me to enter the code in. Like, I kept on thinking the next screen would allow me to enter in the code. And finally, my order was processed, and there was never any chance. So I sent them an email saying that there was never a chance. Well, in this envelope was a note saying that they had ordered extra tickets. And they saw that I had gotten a weekend pass... So they sent me three tickets, three round-trip tickets to the convention. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's like, that's like $30 that I don't have to spend on round-trip tickets, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Like, for the long, because for the longest time, like, like when I started college, they had just raised the rate, the train rate for round-trip ticket to Manhattan from here, 
was that was raised to 2150 right it's been like that for like eight years and then a month ago it jumped to 31 dollars even oh my I'm like, god I'm like, what? Oh, seriously? Because somebody told me, like, oh, yeah, they went up to this and this. And I thought, like, okay, you know what? That can't be right. Because, all right, I, they probably went up by a, by a few, by, like, five bucks or something. And, and you know, if you buy your ticket on the train, they charge you extra and all that. But then I got my ticket, like, before getting on the train. I'm like, huh, they were right. That was, like, a, that was like a 50% increase overnight. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, so as long as I only like go into the city every now and then, I guess. So. Yeah, I am excited about this convention. Oh God, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm more excited about this convention than I am about my best friend's wedding, like <laughs> the weekend before it. Does that make me a bad person? <laughs> yes. All right. It does. Because <laughs> I was talk- I was talking to her about that like earlier. I'm like, because like they've been dating for like seven years. They've been engaged for two or three years. So it's like. It doesn't feel like it's like building to any like like culminating point where they start their lives together or anything. It's like it's like it's like yeah okay yeah wedding on Saturday all right whatever. <laughs> it's like just the just like the next step. It's just a continuation. You know, I'm sure as soon as I see them like doing the vows and whatever, it'll like really hit me. But like like right now, I'm still like it's like super casual about it. Like yeah okay yeah go to a wedding. But then there's the Comic Con. Oh my god. God yeah. I- like, there's going to be so much going on that uh, I, I don't even know, like, what I want to do, you know? Yeah, I'm just looking forward to just wandering around and seeing what I can see. Like, like I don't think I even really bought anything last time except for Scott Pilgrim Volume 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I know that I want to get some sketches. Like, Katie Cook is going to be there. Oh, she is? Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, even if I don't get to get another sketch from her, like, I'm totally getting one of those sketch cards from her. Yeah. Where she does just, like, a, a like an adorable little doodle. Oh, I should, oh, God. I got her, uh, her mini-comic, the Fuck You Box. Oh, yeah? That was awesome. <laughs> I don't know if she'll have it here, but she should. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, I know she's gonna be there. Oh, Adam Hughes. Adam Hughes is going to be there. I want to get a piece of art. Like, I actually have something in mind that I've been wanting to get from him. So, I don't know. Like, basically, with Adam Hughes, you have to get there at the beginning of the weekend. Yeah. And like, mi- minute one on Friday. <laughs> well, like, no. Like, he he has a list that he creates. And he'll let the, the list fill up over, like, the first, uh, you know, 20 minutes or so. So, like, you have a decent shot of getting on the list, but then he only does, like, the drawings that he wants to do. Oh, God. (laughs) So it's like, you know, making it onto the list is just the first hurdle. It's like you have to request something, you know, good enough from him that makes him, you know, go, oh, yeah, I definitely want to do this. Uh, (laughs) Which I think I have. That kind of sucks, though. I mean, like... Like, it's hard enough to get to these guys in time to actually make it on their list. And, like, when you do, it's like you have to blow their freaking minds just to get just to get them to actually do your piece. I it's like, you're, like you're going out of your way to give them your money. They should just do it, damn it. Uh, what you call it? Um, Stefan Rue, the 
he did uh he does a lot of covers for DC. Um, he was doing a lot of covers for the Birds of Prey series. Mm. You know when the the last series came around, and like I loved his art. It was so gorgeous, and I wanted him to do a rendition of my Strawberry Bombshell character. Yeah. And so before the convention, like I got a hold of his uh, his art handler or whatever, the guy that travels with him, and you know. Yeah, actually like, speaks English, yeah. Because oh, Stefan yeah. Rue, well, no, Stefan Rue, like, speaks uh, French. Oh, okay. Uh, just, like, some broken English. But, uh, yeah, he basically said, he's like, you know, you get there at the beginning of the convention, and, you know, the list, it stays open for a little bit, you know, like, he gets a bunch of names. And then, he, you know, he, depending on how long you're going to be at the convention, how many days... You know, like, and and also on how much he wants to draw what you're requesting, you know, like, that's going to determine. And, like, when I gave him, like, the, you know, all the information, you know, and the uh, the base image, he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I definitely want to do this. Oh, that's so, cool. I, you know, I mean, like, that's, that's definitely a cool thing. Like, when you give them something that they really want to draw, that's awesome. Can I blow your mind really quick? Oh, God, what? No, this is a good thing. This is, a, well, depending on your perspective, I guess. But this is, because I was listening to CGS earlier, mm-hmm. and they, to just to date this a little bit, they just had, uh, they just did their looking ahead to the New York Comic Con episode. Okay. And they were talking to whatever the guy's name is that runs it. <laughs> oh, uh, Rant, uh, Rants or something. Benstermine? Yeah, something like that. And, you know, he he was talking about like because because this this show is going to be a merger of the New York Comic Con and the New York Anime Festival. Yeah, that's what's that's how it's taking up the entire Javits Center. Right. He was talking about like what he, what he did because he's obsessed with this. He he added up the total ticket sales from last year's New York Anime Fest, added that to the total ticket sales of the last year's New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. As as of when they recorded this episode, which was probably like the weekend or Monday or something, they uh, the total ticket sales so far for this year's show is a hundred and thirty percent higher than the combined total of the two shows from last year. Oh my god! A hundred and thirty percent. God. Oh my god! You know, like I don't know how many people went to the anime con. I have no idea. It's like a hell of a lot went to the New York Comic Con. Yeah. Picture one and a half times that crowd. <laughs> God, I, I don't know. I almost want to say to Jeremy and Rob, yeah, I'll, I'll get you guys a mini comic or something. I'll, I'll get you a t-shirt. Have fun. Have fun uh, roaming the city for eight hours while I'm in the show. <laughs> well, they're not going? Well, because they, they haven't pre-ordered their tickets yet. Oh, so, right. Yeah, because they're... Like, right now, like, I... Well, I think they might end up doing is trying to get them at the door, but oh, with God. with these kind of numbers, like yeah, like, no, okay, like you know, it's like you know what you can try, but there's probably better than a fifty percent chance you're going to get turned away because they're sold out. I it like, oh God. And what sucks is like if they want to go up, like we're taking the train up at like seven thirty in the morning, and it's a two hour train ride that's going to cost them thirty one dollars. <laughs> yeah, really, buy the damn ticket ahead of time. Hey, I've been telling them. I've been telling them for months. But, oh, yeah. God. It was fun. Like, I'm so, like, prepared for this. Like, 
Like I like as of a month ago, I had my ticket and my train ticket and like all my stuff together to go. Like like they could have announced like, oh yeah, by the way, the New York Comic Con has been moved to Tuesday of like three weeks ago, and I'd be like, all right, I'm going. Bye. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's so many artists and creators here. Jeff Johns will be here. Ivan Reese, Yvonne Hayes. Um, oh, both of them. Good. <laughs> yeah. God, just everybody. The only person that's not going to be there, like like big name, I think, is Ethan Van Skyver, who is oh, going is he in Africa again. <laughs> no, he actually went to the. Well, as people listen to this, he will have gone to the Big Apple Con, which was the weekend that just passed. Oh. So I was considering, you know, the possibility of using my third uh, train ticket from uh, New York Comic Con. And, uh, like, checking that out for a day. Yeah. But that's probably not going to happen. So, okay. So, we got the New York Comic Con talk out of the way. We did the Larflees report. Um, you made your announcement. We did our discussion. Mm-hmm. As far as I can remember, we just have one left, one announcement left. Is that correct? I think. Okay. Because I've been saving this for last. All right. Okay. Oh, well, then, then let me get this out of the way first. <laughs> oh, God, what? Yeah. Trying to figure out the best way to deliver this, but I'm just gonna do a cold. Uh, I ate Green Lantern's balls earlier. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I did want to talk about that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were creamy with just enough coconut. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you ate Green Lantern's flaky balls. <laughs> yeah. Which, in hindsight, not the most hygienic thing, but. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I picked up the uh, the glow balls, which are Green Lantern themed snowballs from Hostess. Hostess, Hostess yeah. yeah. I also picked up the flash cakes. Yeah, my the the only store around me that had any of these it was a supermarket. It was a big chain, and they had the Green Lantern glow balls, and they had like what was the Superman Twinkies or something? Well, it's just regular <laughs> Twinkies with Superman on the box. That, those bastards. <laughs> um, they should at least have like kryptonite in them or i don't know but like <laughs> they they didn't even have like like spaces on the shelves for the other like the flash one or the batman one or whatever they have it was they just ordered green lantern and superman like the flash cakes are fantastic like they're the regular hostess cupcakes with like you know the red icing on top and like the yellow sprinkles and that one's very cool the the glow balls they're good they're snowballs so I I I distinctly remember liking snowballs better when I was a kid. Yeah. Might also have to do with the fact that like they were as a treat they were bigger when you're younger, you know, too. Just as <laughs> you yourself are a smaller human being. <laughs> yes, very true, very true. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to. Oh, and I guess now you have a month, everybody. Uh, something that Chad had mentioned was at Hot Topic. Apparently, they're selling the. You can get, like, a, a package that comes with the Green Lantern mask and a ring that lights up. For the glow balls? No, no. Like, this is, like, <laughs> something completely different. Oh, I thought you meant, like, wait a minute. You mean tell me. I can go into Hot Topic, buy some very suggestive ca- Green Lantern snack treats, and get a glowing ring with a mask. That is fantastic. <laughs> no, like, this is uh, just other Green Lantern merchandise out there. Uh, you can get, like, a, you know, like a Halloween mask and, uh, and ring. It's just something cool to look for. That's right. Okay, so now speaking of Green Lantern Ring, 
<laughs> we are finally announcing our next contest. It's mm-hmm. been like, I don't, I don't even remember how long it's been since our last contest. And I think we're still waiting to hear back from uh, Matthew Guy. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> for all of his information to send him a ring. Uh, so, Matthew, if you're listening, then uh, let us know. I think we need to know your ring size and information. Yeah, like his ring size, where he lives, just little things. Little things that get in the way of getting him his prize. And, like, what ring he wanted. Oh, uh, yeah, that too. That That'll all help. But, okay, so, the next contest, this is a biggie. This is a really biggie. It's the, the contest is called Create the Tenth Core. Now, if you've been following Green Lantern, which most likely you have if you're listening to us, there are seven Green Lantern core. well, no. There are seven Lantern Cores based on each of the colors of Roy G. Biv. <clears throat> and then you have an eighth with the Black Lanterns and a ninth with the White Lanterns. So, figured it would be cool if they had a 10th core because we have 10 fingers. So why not come up with a, uh, an extra ring that you could wear on the 10th finger? With reason like that, how can you lose? Exactly. So now your job is to create this fictitious core. And what we're looking for is a color that you know, hasn't been done, you know, something distinct enough from the existing color cores out there. We need a design, and we need something that the core stands for. So, you know, like, think about ones that have existed already. You have fear, you have love, you have avarice, willpower, life, death, all of that. We want you to come up with what you think would fit as a 10th core. And we've all seen that fake t-shirt of the brown lantern, where it's, the symbol is a uh, overhead view of a toilet. So <laughs> don't, don't try passing that off as yours. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely make it original. Uh, we, want, we want a cool-looking design for the ring. Try and keep it in style with the other lantern rings, you know? Every lantern ring design, except for the white and black, have had circles. So, you know, if it's going to be something like that, maybe use a circle. Or, you know, take that into account when you're creating your design. Have you even said what's going to happen with the design? I have not yet. All right. But, uh, and, yeah, so color, design, and what it stands for, you have all that information. (laughs) Now, for this particular contest... It could be that we find one person that has everything that we want. It could be like they come up with the perfect color, the perfect design, and the perfect you know symbol that this core fights for. Or it could be that we have to pick from three different submissions. Maybe one person has the best design, another person has the best concept, another person has the best color. So there can be one winner, there could be two winners, or there could be three winners. Completely up in the air on this one. Now, the reason that this this contest is so great is because we have been working with Kristoff, the custom ring maker, and he's going to make this ring. So if you win this contest, 
you win a 10th core ring. That's that's pretty awesome, right? That is. This guy does great work, too. Like, if you've seen on our Facebook page or on the forums or whatever, those shots of, like, the the uh, custom-made rings that light up and, or, like, glow super brightly, like, this is that guy. Yes. Uh, and the other cool thing about these rings is that when Kristoff makes them, he can actually make them to your ring size. So it's not going to be like that one-size-fits-all or, as Dan likes to say, one-size-fits-none. Yeah. So there's that, too. Even if you're a Kilowog, he could still make a ring that would fit your hand. Poozer. So, yeah, definitely uh, we'll have a link to some of his work on the on the, uh, the website so you can check it out. Uh, he really does make some amazing work. We're working on something else with him now, which we can't really discuss until a future episode. But we definitely wanted to announce this contest. You gotta get those submissions in. Uh, what do you say? When's a good time to cut off this contest, Dan? So is is a month too much? No, a month isn't too much. Is a month too little? I think a month is about right. Will you be open to extending it once we get nothing in a month? <laughs> <laughs> I I actually think that we're gonna get a bunch of submissions for this one. Mm. So All right. the cutoff will be Halloween. You gotta get your submissions in by or on Halloween. Neither of us will be looking at them, because we'll be watching The Walking Dead premiere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully they get their submissions in before that, so that uh, we could look at them beforehand. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's your task. You have your deadline. Create the 10th core. And it's actually going to be made. I mean, how great is that? So, go forth, do it, and uh, that's it. We also do a t-shirt of that eventually, too. Yeah, that'd be cool, too. Hmm. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about that one. That's, like, so much easier than sculpting a ring. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We, we jumped right to that, though. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most difficult thing? Okay. Oh, oh, how about this? If they win the contest, we'll create a fictional character and we'll sculpt a, that character in the costume. Yeah, and then we'll submit it to DC and campaign for nine years to get him incorporated into a story as uh, random alien that gets killed number three. <laughs> okay, so uh, are we done here, Dan? Uh, yeah, I think so. Good. Okay, if you want to email us, we are at lanterncast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, lanterncast.com, where we have links to our forum on thecomicforums.com scroll on down to Lanterncast or just click our link Uh, we have a link to our Facebook page, we have links to all of our previous episodes and uh, our galleries and things like that Uh, we have a voicemail number which is 206-337-1579 that's the second voicemail number that we've had the first one if you have that one stored in your phone doesn't work anymore so update your numbers yeah we we should collect like one for each of the different core no fine that (laughs) that's where your completest nature cuts off great (laughs) and uh if you'd like to email any of us here at the lantern cast individually you can do so at jim dan jason 
uh, James or Chad at LanternCast.com. Nice. And we all have our own email address, although I don't think uh, Chad got my message that he has his. <laughs> uh, he'll find out soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you see us in New York Comic Con, just come up and say hi. We No table. We're just walking around. So, you know, don't be a stranger. Yes, definitely. Um, I look like me. You look somewhat like you. Yeah, sometimes. So, uh, yeah. We stand, if I stand on your shoulders, we look like Jason. <laughs> That's true. Okay, everybody. I think we're done. Yep. Good night. Good night. Uh, now, is is this your trial run before you have kids, huh? Yes, yes oh. basically. <laughs> uh, I'll get a baby out of Jimmy sooner or later. He, he might have to help you steal one, but you'll get one. <laughs> I'll totally rape him in the middle of the night. God. Go. <laughs> He's like, God, please right. let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> she won't touch me otherwise. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, she tricked me. Yeah, right. <laughs>